Hey guys, so this episode is brought to you by Recharge Fitness. So I've been working with Recharge Fitness for a little while now. Uh, some of the fans of the podcast will have seen the interview we did with Grant, as well as me jumping on their podcast. Uh, Recharge, an up-and-coming fitness brand that started just before the pandemic. They provide all kinds of fitness equipment, <clears throat> whether that is plates, barbells squat racks uh, so whether it's your home gym or looking to kit out a more commercial space they have a solution for you recharge have also launched an apparel range and they're looking to expand this over the next kind of few months um through their athletes program so i am fortunate enough to be one of their athletes so go and check out the guys over at recharge fitness use code deej5 to get five percent off your order at checkout hey guys and welcome to episode two of the fit parent podcast so um, as I have explained before, um, we're going to change things up a little bit with this section. It's a secondary show. So the Garage Athlete show is still carrying on, but this is just a secondary thing uh, for myself and um, a few other probably regular guests to come on and talk about all things parental fitness balance career like whatever it is if you are a parent and you are aspirational like we want to hear from you we want to hear how you're finding that balance in life so on that note we have Furkan um so Furkan is a psychologist in training um as he likes to put it he's on his way to becoming one he is a coach in terms of what what would you class your your coaching service as is it because you say that it's to help men build self-love so is it more like life coaching yeah. yes yeah yeah so he's a life coach he's a published author and um also runs his own podcast so i thought it would be a great opportunity to get him on and talk thing all things dadding and how he finds that balance in life to be able to pursue all these things to do with his career, still have time for his kids, and also stay fit and healthy, both mentally and physically. So without further ado, I'll hand you over to Furkan. Yeah, no, thanks uh, for having me on, Donald. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so for for me, career-wise, I work uh, full-time in oil and gas as an engineer. And I'm trying to become a psychologist, so training for that, going to school part-time. So my schedule is fairly busy with that. But uh, physical health is definitely a top priority for me. I'm a, I'm a father to a nine-year-old boy. So uh, my situation is a little bit different. I'm a single dad, so I get my son on weekends. So that gives me a lot of time during the week to focus on my physical and mental health. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. Perfect. So um, you've mentioned your son is is nine years old. So is that that stage where there's lots of uh, extracurricular activities to do on a weekend? Is he playing like, well, I'd call it football, but I'm guessing you'd call it soccer being in Canada. Like what sort of things do you, what sort of activities do you like to do with your son on a weekend? Yeah, so my son plays hockey uh, in Canada. We have ice hockey, so 
he he plays that. He's uh he's finished his season for now. So typically in the spring and summer he'll do swimming. So while he's doing his swimming classes, I end up doing laps. So any opportunity I can get to burn some calories, I'm all over it, uh, even when I have them. But yeah, he's a fairly active kid. So we'll, we'll kick the ball around, even if there's nothing else going on, go play some basketball. Uh, because I enjoy playing sports, it's something he enjoys too. So that gives us something to bond over and, and we continue to do that uh, during our time together. Yeah. I think that's a really important point you've made there is in that you're almost leading by example. So as you said, because you enjoy sports, because you enjoy physical activity and from an early age, that's been a priority for him. Um, it just means that he's then going to grow up with that, that being the norm. And I think that's what a lot of people forget is that it's that kids learn best by watching. You yeah. can say all the things of, oh, you shouldn't be eating junk food. But if you're eating like junk food, they're going to eat junk food. You should say, oh, you should be more active. You should be going and playing outside, not sat on your Xbox. But then in the evenings when they can see you, you're glued to your mobile phone. Like you, it's, it's kids don't respond well to do as I say, not as I do. You almost you have to lead by example especially when they're young like once they're teenagers as well they're going to call you out on your bullshit yeah. like if you're yeah. sitting there at a stone or two overweight and telling them they should be staying fit and healthy they're going to be like well why should i you don't and then what response have you got to that so yeah i yeah. think that's really really key so what made you like how long have you been in oil and gas and what made you decide you wanted to make the transition into being like a psychologist slash um life coach? Yeah, no, great question. Um, I've been working in the industry for uh, 15 years now. Um, okay. So it's been a while. But uh, a few years ago, I started going through some questions of my own around my own purpose, especially when my son was born. So like nine years ago, uh, I started really questioning whether or not am I living my life purpose out? or like, it doesn't really make sense to be working for a corporate company and not directly impacting the lives of people. So I started toying with those ideas. And then when I started uh, going through my divorce, I, I went for therapy. I had to do a lot of inner healing and, and work on myself. And part of that, you know, going for therapy made me realize how valuable it is. So Finally, I was able to put the pieces together of, okay, well, how can I give back to people? And I realized a lot of men suffer like myself, you know, whether it's divorce, job security, it could be many stressors that men deal with, but don't really know how to talk about, don't know how to get help, uh, are afraid to even talk about it. So, so then I made that my kind of purpose in terms of, okay, well, I'll become a coach and then I'll train to become a psychologist where I can help these men who are struggling in their own ways. And, uh, and then, you know, I, my friend and I, we started our own men's group where we live and it's been impactful just to see uh, the, the difference it's making in the lives of, of the men that are even coming to these groups. So, so all in all, I feel like I'm on the right path, but that was kind of the, the motivation behind it. I think, I think you're completely right there. I think like, the pandemic and lockdowns has only 
further highlighted how, as a man, you become very isolated. Like you go through life when you're at school and college, you've got your group of friends, especially if you're into sports. Like that's how we socialize. That's how we make friends. Like, yes. However, for myself, since I've left university, which is 2022, is 10 years ago now, I can count the new friends that I've made since college or uni on my hands. It's less than yeah. 10. Like we just, women just seem to socialize and create new friend groups kind of like wherever they go. Whereas men just don't seem to do that in the same way. So what happens is you get further into your career, your friends have gone off and they've got their families and you don't make time to nurture those relationships and you just become dad. And that's yeah. it. Like you literally go to work, earn money, come home, maybe spend some time with your kids, spend a little bit of time with your wife, go to bed, rinse yeah. and repeat. And yeah. what happens is then, as you said, you get to a certain age and you start to think about like your life's purpose. Like, am I living up to my true potential? You start putting on some body fat because you're not exercising. You're When you're in a relationship, you're comfortable. So you don't really need to be working on yourself to make yourself appealing to the opposite sex because yeah you're married like they're there it's fine like I don't, I don't need to work at this they're always going to be there sort of thing and it just people get stuck in that comfort zone and it's only when it's five six seven years down the line and they look back and go what happened like I'm here on my own I'm in a job that I don't really like but I need to provide because I am the provider. I need to make sure that my wife and kids have got roof over the head. They've got food on the table. Like these, these roles that we are given are just there. And then we forget about self-care. Our own self-care goes to the back of the queue. It goes work first because I am the provider. I've got to bring home the bacon. Then family, whatever's left of me is family. And myself is that last level but what I find is when your self-care your training your exercise your fitness your nutrition your sleep your stress management when all that is an afterthought it doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't get done and what yeah. happens is you become less and less productive so that 30 hour a week work week becomes a 40 hour week becomes a 50 hour week becomes a 60 hour week because you can't get your shit done because you just can't you're not functioning. Yeah. On, you're, yeah. you're trying to run a car on three gears instead of five. And yeah. it's only when your relationship and your body and things like you can run like that for five, 10 years and it doesn't really have any problems, but you'll you'll start to notice it when your relationship starts to break down, when you have a diabetes scare or you have a heart attack or something like that. Like, oh, you still there? Uh yeah. That's all right. Lost you for a second. I think you've muted yourself. There we go, I'm back. Um, so yeah, I think it's really, really interesting that essentially you, you've gone through that phase yourself. You've gone through that period of, of healing, of taking that time to look inwardly and come out the other end and go, you know what? This, this is something that more men need to know about and that you're providing that service. So how have you <laughs> found kind of being in this arena like are people accepting of it obviously um 
it's it's kind of new <laughs> so i find a lot of men don't really like talking about this sort of stuff but there is a certain breed that and they're becoming it's becoming a larger group now yeah yeah no it's becoming very common and and to your point earlier what i do want to highlight is as men i agree with you 100 you know you kind of like finish school and then you start working it's harder to make friends and as men i find we try to gravitate towards men who we share something in common with. So on the surface, you know, it's either sports or it's the activities we do. And then beyond that, we don't really get into the, the deeper level of it. So through the, the men's groups uh, I've been attending, you know, again, on the surface, I don't really have much in common with these men. But when we start talking about our emotions and we talk about some of the daily struggles we go through, whether it's regarding our children or life in general, you start recognizing that you have so much in common with these men. And, and like yeah. I said, on the surface, there's really nothing in common. So once you yeah. start building those relationships and those bonds, you can actually start accumulating a lot more friends where you can have conversations on a deeper level. And I think as men, we all need that because we had that hundreds of years ago where men were talking about these things but now we don't. So it's getting back to that. And I think once, um, at least what I've experienced is once men get over that hump of vulnerability, once they feel safe, once they feel that, hey, I can trust these guys with my feelings, they start responding positively too. So to your question, at least based on my experience, once the guys are ready to talk about those things, they feel a lot more comfortable. But yeah, there's definitely still a stigma around even for, for the man to show up. And I, you know, that's kind of been my goal is to try to normalize these conversations and encourage the men to, to show up and have these discussions. And when they do, they feel a lot better. So, yeah, but definitely a lot of work to do still. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So circling back around to you personally. So when it comes to your own, like health and fitness like do you have a set routine that you do are you a runner do you do weight training you already said that you swim kind of like when your son's doing that so what what would a normal like exercise week look like for you yeah so as i mentioned physical health is definitely one of my top five priorities and i don't really negotiate on my schedule as far as uh whatever routine i built in so over the course of the week, I will do weight training three times a week. I will do yoga once a week because I find like, you know, with weights, your body gets tight. You need to like stretch and, and be flexible. I try to run twice a week and then I'll play hockey once a week. And then, yeah. So, so, you know, obviously there's certain days where I'm doing two activities. Um, and then, I will do cold plunges once a week just to make sure I'm recovering from all the sports I'm playing and the running. Um, I've so had cold plunges that do you have a nice bath at home or do you literally just fill the tub up with cold water? Uh, so my gym has a ice bath that I so I'll I'll work out <laughs> and then I'll go sit in there after and then I do the hot tub, cold tub, steam room. I do a full right. cycle, just keep shocking my body. Um, but yeah, that I feel like doing the maintenance 
like the cold plunges and and the hot yoga really keeps me uh, or allows me to recover so I can continue to do the weight training and play the sports and the running. Uh, so it's finding that right balance, but that's over the course of the week. I take one, maybe two days off just to recover and do nothing. Those are my days where I'm just, maybe I'll sit on the couch, maybe watch TV, but, or read a book, but yeah, those are recovery days. Okay. So in terms of your schedule, like in order to have all those activities in, I'm guessing you have to almost book those in as an appointments with yourself you've got a full-time job you're studying as well to become a psychologist like those aren't if you didn't make the time do you think you would find the time to do these things no no I, I wouldn't and and I experienced that last year where I wasn't very almost <laughs> disciplined about it like it was very loose and I found like I would skip my workouts because people would be like, Hey, let's go hang out. Now it's like, if people are like, yeah, let's go hang out. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you after my workout. You guys go ahead. I'll catch up. So it's like I said, it's a non-negotiable. It's, it's very much scheduled, not by the hour, but like, I know like Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, like after work, I'm going to the gym. Like that's, so whenever I'm done work, I'm going straight to the gym. Um, yoga it's Wednesday nights. I, I know like, uh, it's a set schedule so that I don't miss. Um, so yeah, it's, it's basically scheduling those things in and knowing which days of the week I'm doing those things. And then when people want to make plans, I schedule those plans around my, my workout schedule. Okay. So as you said, you've got like a skeleton structure of essentially the non-negotiables for the week. So where are you going to be if you're playing hockey, that's going to be at a set time because you've yes. got to have a team there sort of thing. Yeah. When you've got your kid, again, there's going to be set activities in there. So you, you've got those non-negotiables and you know about those ahead of time, but you've also then got in your calendar, right, this is my time for me to work on my health and my well-being just because you understand about the, the benefits outweighing the, the time that essentially you've got to invest in there. So that's really interesting that you say that just because by the sounds of it you're probably going to be busier than the average nine to five worker with everything that you've got going on so even though you are a, a single parent so you only have your child like on the weekend you're still working full-time you still got education in there you by the sounds of it and you're also running these groups etc so you've got lots and lots of spinning plates so i think that's a good lesson to anybody who feels like they're too busy is nobody is really too busy you just don't see it as a priority and that's yeah. also okay like at certain times in your life exercise is going to become less of a priority if you've got a newborn baby in the house you're probably not going to be able to train five days a week just because they need you more than that however in the long term that investment it's like if it's well, it's like investing money. You've got to do a little and often for it to have like the best returns on it. And yeah. if you don't save at all and then you get to retirement and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> maybe I should have started this a bit earlier. Um, yeah, no. And that's why I mentioned like my situation's obviously different. I, I don't, I'm not a full-time parent. So that gives me more time for, mm -hmm. for a lot of this. I did find 
uh, to your point, like once I was able to schedule, uh, you know, very loosely the, the t things I'm going to do for, for myself physically, I found like even when I need to make plans like to, to socialize, I'm it's a lot easier for me to make plans because I know exactly what my schedule is. The one thing I will add is the biggest game changer for me to be able to even do all these things and, and find the time and motivation was managing my sleep. And I think people truly underestimate the value of sleep because a lot of people feel like they can do more by sleeping less, but I believe it's the opposite. I'm able to do more by sleeping more. So my sleep is like also non-negotiable. Like I go to bed at a set time, I try to get my eight hours in and that gives me the energy to get through the day. And I also have the focus to be able to accomplish all the things that I've set out for myself on any given day. Now, yeah. there's going to be things that are outside my control that come up and that throw my schedule off every now and then. And that's okay too. Um, because a lot of the times people start, and I've experienced it as well, is they start feeling guilty. They feel shame for not being able to stick to their schedule. But you have to be accepting of the fact that things will not always work out. And there's always going to be things that come out from outside that you have to be able to manage. I think the best, the best metaphor I ever heard for like having a schedule, it's like when you go on a trip and you have a map. So if you're wanting to go from, so just cause I'm in the UK, I'm just going to use UK cities just cause yeah. if I want to go from Grantham where I live, to London, I'm going to type London into my sat nav and it's going to give me an ideal route. So if everything was fine, this is the route that you would take. That's like your schedule. It's if yeah. everything went to plan, this is how it would look. However, you might on that day get onto your route and there's an accident on the motorway, in which case your sat nav is then going to reroute you. It is going to make some changes. It's going to make some adjustments. It's not the ideal route. It's not going to get you there the perfect way. However, you're still going to get there. If you'd set off on your journey and you had roadworks or there was an accident, you wouldn't just throw the map out the window and go, fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to yeah. wing it from here, which is what people seem to do with like life. They hit that first problem and they go, ah, oh, okay. My schedule's out the window now. Whereas actually what it allows you to do is go okay i've got this down on paper now i can't do this because uh, my son's sick or a business meeting's come up or something's happened however here's my schedule so i have a bit of free time tomorrow at 3 p.m i could do it then and then it's a lot less stress because you're like okay i've moved that from there to there it's still going to get done it's just not going to get done where i'd originally planned it for and i think yeah. People don't like scheduling because they're like, well, what happens if something happens? And it's like, well, shit's going to happen anyway. <laughs> and then you've yeah. got to try and juggle all this stuff in your head. And that's then when it then becomes kind of stressful. So moving on from that. So when it comes to like your food, like how much do you look into your nutrition? Like, do you have a kind of like a set plan when it kind of comes to food? Do you train like eat well do you kind of like track like what what's your um kind of strategy when it comes to food yeah i mean i don't track it uh i mean not formally but uh for me i do uh 
uh, I do intermittent fasting. So I find that really helps also with my focus, especially in the mornings. Um, So, so yeah, about 10 months ago, I just stopped eating breakfast. I listened to this one podcast from this doctor who said, breakfast is really only a something new like it was basically created a hundred years ago like physically we shouldn't be eating breakfast like it's just overconsumption, right and there's we live in society right now where there's overconsumption of everything so i've started even looking at food so so yeah with the intermittent fasting i'll have like uh there's this product called athletic greens i don't know if it's yeah. in the U. yeah so i'll just it's- drink it's not in the UK, but I listen to the Eric Thomas podcast and they're talking about it. They talk about it all the time. Aren't they? Yeah. So it basically what Athletic Greens is, it's it's powdered form. It's got 75 nutrients and vitamins that you need. It's really good for your gut uh, microbiome, which is a huge thing for your overall well-being and, and your brain functionality. So I'll drink that. I have a couple of supplements. And then um, I'll try to have lunch around 1 or 2 p.m. So I'll eat something like either white meat, whether it's fish or chicken with a salad. So keep it very light. And then in the evenings after my workout, I'll typically have a smoothie. I've got so much stuff in my smoothies, but just typically it'll be protein powder, bunch of other stuff. And, uh, and then that's it. Like, I'll try to avoid having a full meal in the evenings and then try to stop eating by eight. So then I can go to bed by 10 and then repeat that cycle. So I'm very mindful of what I'm putting into my body. I don't necessarily track it because I know some people track their protein consumption, their carb consumption. I don't track it down to that level of detail, but definitely very mindful. Um, I've cut out refined sugars and uh most junk food from my diet like i don't even keep that stuff at home so i know when my son visits he gets pretty bored with all the healthy stuff i have here (laughs) it's one of those where as you said when you're eating like that you don't really need to track just because there's no refined there's no refined carbohydrates in there so that's when you say that people tend to overeat they're tending to overeat because of the signals essentially that are going to their brain and the stuff that they're eating digests far too quickly. So it's one of those things where the average person can't rely on their hunger signals to tell them when they need to eat or not. Whereas for yourself, you're eating plenty, well, you've got plenty of protein in there. Um, Sounds like lots of fiber, lots of greens, like there was no need, there's no need to track because you're not kind of like over consuming and, in terms of kind of like your goals, I'm guessing not aiming to build a massive amount of muscle mass. So it's more just, right, I've got to keep my body fit, healthy and ticking over, in which case you don't you don't need to be consuming that much food. Um, no. The intermittent fasting thing, for myself, the jury's out on it. Like, it <laughs> works for you and your lifestyle. Like, and I just know for me, if I skip breakfast by 10 o'clock, I'm really moody. Um, like, but I eat six meals a day because I'm a bodybuilder. So it's different strategies for different people. And I can see how it would work. And it's for yourself. And so are you having that green shake and something and your supplements like first thing? 
yeah 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 so, so you're having that instead of breakfast essentially but you're, yeah you're yeah, putting so nutrients drink. and stuff to help heal your gut in first thing whereas i know people that just drink lemon water and think that that's cleansing because they're having that instead of breakfast yeah no i i agree i think it really depends on your lifestyle and and the choices you're making so yeah for in your case if you're bodybuilding you're burning so much energy you need to replenish it right and and for me I'm not burning a lot of energy in the morning. Yeah, I do my weight training in the evenings. That's when I need like my protein shake. But uh, yeah, I found personally with the intermittent fasting, I'll still drink coffee. Like I'll drink water and coffee. I'm not just eating food. That's the only difference. But yeah, so the coffee is a huge crutch for me. Uh, I know without coffee, I get moody, like you mentioned for yourself. Um, I can definitely get cranky if I don't have coffee first thing in the morning. But yeah, um, I think for me, that's helped. The other thing I'd like to mention is, you, you know, this is not something that I, I'm like doing seven days a week, every day. Um, I do occasionally, we'll go out for dinner or uh, we'll go out for lunch. And, you know, I won't necessarily stick to that same diet. Like I'll try to order something that I know I would enjoy. And then occasionally I will have a cheat day, especially with my son. It's hard. So, you know, we'll go to the movies, we'll have popcorn with butter. So there are exceptions every now and then, but for the most part, that's kind of my routine. That 80-20 split, isn't it? So yeah. you're, you're, I don't want to say good, but you're giving those single ingredient whole foods, like the things that everybody knows they should be eating 80% of the time. And it allows you that flexibility of 20% that you can go out, enjoy yourself, and you're not going to be getting those feelings of guilt, etc. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that about covers it kind of like on my end, we've, we've gone over kind of like your schedule, your training, your nutrition. So is there anything else that you would like to cover Furkan? Yeah, I think the one important thing in and I know we talked about it before we started recording was mental health as well. Right. And, yeah. and the whole pandemic around mental health and, you know, you can probably attest in the UK mental health for men is a huge, huge concern with suicide rates and all that. I think within everything I do, I also make time for my own mental health. Like I mentioned earlier, I go for therapy. I used to go a lot. Now it's more on a predetermined frequency, especially to work through issues. I do meditate before I go to bed. I meditate first thing in the morning just to ground myself. And then, okay, you know, I will journal on a regular basis too. I find journaling is very valuable for me to work through a lot of feelings and emotions that come up throughout the day. I will make note of them. And then when I do find time to journal, I'm able to process them. And the reason why I mention all this, especially for, for dads that are listening, I think a lot of dads find guilt and shame in a way when they're not spending enough time with their children. Uh, I think there's a lot of guilt around prioritizing these things over time with family sometimes. But it's important to know that if you're not really whole and you're not feeling good about yourself, you're not going to be a good parent to your child. You're going to carry a lot of stress that you're going to project onto your child. You're going to be carrying a lot of resentment. And by doing these things, you're going to be, I find it even when I have, again, my time with my son is limited, but when I do have them, I'm fully present. 
there's nothing that irritates me. I don't get stressed. I'm able to give them the best of me. And I think that's what our children want. And it's getting our mindset around quality over quantity. Yeah, I can 100% agree with that. Like when your self-confidence is low or you're not managing stress physically or mentally, like it, we've all had it when we've had a really long day um, you come home from work and all your kid wants to do is just be there in your face, tell them about yeah. your day, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, just let me get through the effing door. Yeah. But they're so happy to see you yes. and you snap at them because you're just like, oh, just give me five minutes. And then it gets so late that evening. You're like, why did I do that? Like all they wanted to do was tell me about their day. And, and that's just a very quick example of like, just because you're there doesn't mean you're there. Yeah. Like not taking that time to look after yourself mentally and physically, just because you're sat on the sofa with them watching TV doesn't mean you're spending quality time with them. They would rather you spend an hour engaged off your phone and not on a screen because, right, this is my time with you because later on tonight I'm going to go to the gym and have my time with me rather than having two hours sat watching a film and not talking. And I think that's a really, really important thing to get across. Cause as you said, a lot of parents hold this guilt of either spending money on themselves rather than on something for the kids or spending time on themselves rather than something for the kids. But what you also have to remember is when your child gets to 18, 20, I know the kids are staying at home longer now, eventually they are going to leave home and they're going to set up on their own and they're going to have a family of their own and you're going to be left. If you've just spent the last 20 to 25 years not prioritizing yourself, what is going to be left when they leave? What is going to be left of your relationship? What is going to be left of your health? What is going to be left of you if you have given everything to them? And it's not, I might get bashed in the comments here, but it's not selfish to put yourself first to a degree. You have to look after, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't run a car on an empty gas tank. You have to make sure that you are running yourself at 100% so you can give them the best version of you. And as you said, it's that quality over quantity. And if you feel like you've not got enough time, my first question to you is, do you have a schedule? Yeah. And if you don't, (laughs) spend some time looking at your schedule and I can guarantee you will find some time in there where you're probably not being as productive as you think. Or... Another tip is go on to both Instagram and Facebook now have a um, a screen time counter. And so does your mobile phone if you've got an, an iPhone. Go and have a look how much screen time you're spending over the week. And if it's any more than, say, half an hour a day, you've got time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> no worries dude right well i won't take up too much uh, more of your time so uh, i just want to say thank you for jumping on and being the first guest of the fit parent 
podcast. I need to make, I'm getting, there's so many different names now, I get confused. And it's been a pleasure to have you on, Furkan. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And this was a good conversation. So thanks. Perfect. So if the guys want to come and find out uh, about like your content in terms of like coaching or go and listen to your podcast, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm primarily active on Instagram. My handle is uh, at Zen. that's spelled E-U-N-O-I-A-Z-E-N. And uh the podcast is Easy Conversations, so it's EZ Conversations, um, available on all podcast platforms. But yeah, those are the two best ways. If people want to listen to the podcast, go check it out. Otherwise, yeah, if, uh, I'm on Instagram, always looking forward to talking to people, answering questions, and, and helping in any way I can. Perfect. And I will pop both those links into the show notes as well, guys. So make sure you check that out there. But yeah, it's been great to chat to you today, mate. And hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. Sounds great. No worries, dude.